2: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Good morning!
0: Diary! Diary. It's time to wake up. (laughs) It's 5 we're live oh is this thing on i don't care i want him to hear this is the pregame show your early morning shot of sports on 95 7 the game Come on.
3: yes sir good morning family Steven Leifert on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game, leading you up until 6 o'clock is the morning roast will get your day started and take you until 10. Hopefully that was energetic enough for you, Steven and Hercules, after you called me out yesterday morning. I'm going to give you, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to tell you 100%. Yesterday morning, I was woken, I woke up, uh, the night before, once an hour, once an hour. And I was watching that entire Giants game, and I was fired up. I was fired up after that win uh, against the Rangers. And so, uh, yeah, yesterday morning I had a little less of an energetic opening because, well, quite frankly, I was hella tired. Uh, but <laughs> but yesterday we did have a Giants game in the afternoon, so no lack of sleep. I am in, I am ready, and we have a ton to get to today. Uh, because the Giants, after all, did lose 4-3. to And I want to talk about that game and just uh, the fact that, really, this was the first coaching blunder that I've seen from Gabe Kapler. And sure, the bullpen needs some work, but uh, there's something that I saw in that game yesterday that totally made the difference, um, in my opinion, late in the game. And that's why uh, the Rangers were able to come back. Uh, so we'll get to that Uh, There's a call from the Mariners game, which I also want to play for you. The sound is hilarious. Uh, We got Pete Alonzo, who has a conspiracy theory regarding foreign substances on baseballs, and I am all for conspiracy theories, so we'll get to that. Kyle Shanahan shutting down OTAs until summer, giving these guys a ton of extra rest. I mean, there's a ton... To get to plus, we got the Nets and the Bucks, and we had a Suns and Nuggets game last night. And you know, I'm just off the front, and I got to give credit uh, to DeAndre Ayton and the way that he's been playing so far. But I'm here, I'm ready, let's do this. You're welcome, Steve from Hercules, DJ from Richmond. <laughs> wow, I didn't think that would actually happen. Um, so in this game yesterday, and I do want to talk about Sam Long because Sam Long was a bright spot, and after all. This was just one loss. Now, granted, they're on a big road trip here. It was a 13 game road trip. They're on the second game of that, and they did need they do need to stack up as many wins as possible, especially against these teams like the Rangers who stink. But a loss, after all, is just a loss, and I'm not really going to take it too uh, uh, too hard because they gave the Rangers a a, a tough game yesterday. Um. But first off, on the front end, Brock Holt. Look, I, 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 I get when guys are good and they're able to celebrate, you know? Like when when Fernando Tatis Jr. ties the game up against the Astros, hits a three-run homer, it's 6-3, and he just sits there and stares at the baseball. He's allowed to, Okay. Fernando Tatis Jr., he is the best shortstop in the National League, in my opinion. Then there's Brandon Crawford, who's second uh, to him. But he's allowed to, because he's good. okay. And Brock Holt getting the game-winning hit yesterday off Jake McGee to give the Rangers the 4-3 win. And then just tipping his helmet to the Giants. I don't know if he was talking trash or or if he was actually saluting them for having a good game. But you know what? I'm going to take it as a negative. What the hell are you doing, Brock Holt? Come on, man. You don't have the room to do that, Brock Holt. I hey, mean, What are you hitting, like 220 on the year? I mean, I mean, you're you're not allowed to do that. 244, excuse me, sorry, 244. That's actually kind of, I mean, that's above league average, whatever Whatever you want to say. But look, man, whenever you do that, it's like you went one for four in the game, and it was your only RBI. You struck out twice. It's not like you did anything to impact the game up until the 10th inning. How are you going to do that? Like, come on. But yesterday, we uh, were going through, it was interesting, actually, because uh, it's, it's tough, as radio host, when you don't know who's going to be starting uh, the next day, because you know you go on MLB.com, you go on ESPN, you you go wherever to try and find who's going to be getting the start tomorrow, and all indicators reporting towards Sam Long getting the start. But instead, uh, they went with the opener and they, uh, went with Zach Littell, who just, uh, went one inning and, you know, it was a strong inning. Didn't give up any, any, uh, didn't give up any hits, uh, didn't give up any runs, just, just a walk and a strikeout. ERA's at 1.56 right now. I think Zach Littell, uh, looks pretty good. But Sam Long was unbelievable yesterday. He had four innings pitched. He struck out 7 of those batters and at the time I believe it was 7 of the 9 batters that he'd faced he'd struck out and unfortunately now he has given up an earned run because he gave up a double to start out the uh, to start out the 5th inning and then uh, Dominic Leone ended up uh, giving up a, a a a fielder's choice and then he ended up giving up a run so that counts towards Sam Long but I thought Sam Long gave you so much to work with, a lot of promise and the bullpen clearly needs help. The bullpen does need help and I I firmly believe that the starters on this team, you know, they can go 6 or 7 innings consistently, but you know, as the second half of the season starts to roll around, you're going to be going into the All-Star break in uh, in you know just over a month I do think at some point these guys are going to come back down to earth. Maybe not Kevin Gosman, uh, but I'm talking about guys like Des Glafani and Alex Wood, and at that point you are going to be needing some relievers who can at least give you, you know, maybe two or three innings out of the pen. And I think that Sam Long can be that dude. That motion that he has where he kind of where he where he gets the ball out of his glove early in his windup and he hides it you know, kind of leaving the uh, leaving the batter in mystery, not really knowing what's coming. And he has that fastball, which, you know, goes from anywhere from 91 to 93 miles an hour. Uh, he's got that breaking ball, which was working yesterday. The dude just had a lot of confidence. Now, granted, it was against the Rangers. The Rangers are not a very good offensive team. So you got to take that with a grain of salt. But what he was showing yesterday, I think, gave a lot of Giants fans hope. I mean, where is it here? Uh oh, and and sorry, yeah, he is. He does want to be known as Sammy Long. That is the Sammy Long type of thing. Uh, but for the five seven four, this might be way too early of a take. But Long could be their third, fourth starter. He looked nasty. Well, yeah, five seven four. It is a little bit too early of a take. That's okay. That's okay. I think. You know, you can bring him in in a long reliever role and keep rolling with the opener if you want. I mean, Zach Littell going with Sam Long right after. I'd be totally cool with that, uh, with them being there, uh, with them at least going one game with that. But also, you need your bullpen behind you to pick up the slack. Because other than that, I mean, Harleen Garcia in that last game uh, didn't look great uh, the, you know, because the Bats ended up saving them with the Mike Talkman Grand Slam and Brandon Crawford giving them a bunch of insurance. But it doesn't seem like they have that other reliever right now. And that is in question. But Sam Long looked fantastic. So shout out to him. And as a matter of fact, in the next segment, couldn't help it. But Sammy Long, look, I'm going to be honest. His teeth look great. Great teeth on Sammy Long. So in the next segment, I'm going to go through my top five teeth on the Giants. (laughs) You're probably like, what are you doing, Steven? But hey, when I saw the teeth, I'm like, I got to go. I got to go through some sort of boneheaded power ranking. I haven't done one of those in a while. Uh, But Gabe Kapler spoke about Sammy Long's outing and what he saw from him yesterday.
0: I don't I don't think we could have drawn it up any better for for Sammy. I thought he was poised. Obviously, used all of his weapons, was able to execute all of them for strikes had great carry on his fastball, and I mean, I think the line is incredibly impressive for the first time out at the major league level. You know, trying to win a, a major league game, it was just an excellent performance all the way around. And
3: it was pretty cool when uh, Fleming was mentioning it on the broadcast. But over in uh, Sacramento, they were playing his start on the big screen, and as soon as he threw his first strikeout. They were all cheering and, you know, kind of gives these guys some hope. Like, hey, this could be you at some point in the future. Uh, but the one part for me in this game that uh, that was the difference, because Sammy Long, in my opinion, was the story. I mean, in the end, they they, they did get the loss. And one aspect of that game for me was that play when Adelie Garcia tried stretching the single into the double, and they challenged the call because he was called out. the The call was upheld, so it ended up just being a single. But it was a pop-up in between Tyro Estrada and Lamont Wade. And this was really the first blunder that I've seen with the Giants on defense, the one that actually made a difference in the game. Because if you watch... Tyro Estrada, he's playing in because uh, there is a runner who is about to be rounding third, or it could be rounding third, and they're playing in. And Adelis Garcia hits one into shallow right field. And my question is, when I was watching that, because Lamont Wade is coming in and he tried making the dive and grab, why was he playing so deep in right field? You had Tyro Estrada playing for a double play, and he was prepping for it, and as soon as the dude made contact, it was the right fielder's ball. You know, the second baseman could try and make the grab, but in any other circumstance, if the right fielder was playing in just a little bit more, then at that point to me, that's when the right fielder would have easily called it off, said, this is my ball, but he was playing way too deep. He looked like he was damn near the warning track. So I was like wondering... Why, when Tyler Rodgers is in, a guy who doesn't throw very hard, but also doesn't give up a ton of hard contact, I know that Adelis Garcia is one of the big power hitters on their team, second to Joey Gallo, but I didn't understand why he was playing so deep in right field. And this was the first time this season where I could truly pinpoint one of the plays on defense and say, oh, yeah, that one made the difference right there. Yeah, that, that, that was a blunder. I don't know what the card was telling him. I don't know if it's saying, like, yeah, you need to play this dude back. But in that circumstance, I mean, just play in your normal position in right field. It didn't look like he was playing in the position that he needed to be playing. And that's really to me what ended up. Um, what ended up helping the Giants lose this game, and then Gabe Kapler spoke just about the bullpen and them being overworked this season.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a secret. We we burned through our pen pretty good today. We we knew that that was a risk for today, or we knew that it it was one of the possible outcomes. Uh, but we really got strong work from from both Long and and from Menes to give us some length. So we were we were right where we needed to be with with Littell. Long and Menes and I didn't really have plans to, to have Jake McGee pitch in this game. We thought it was a bit of a necessity there. Uh, once we got past Rodgers' two innings of work, we were in a good position if we if we were able to extend that game on on a number of different levels. And up until the moment that that, that ball landed, uh, I, I was already planning for for the next inning and felt felt really good about where we were going to be. It's a tough one, and you know, turn the page and get ready for the Nats. <sighs>
3: It was a tough loss yesterday, but hey, it's just one loss, and the Giants have been damn good this season, surprising everyone, um, playing above their expectation. So we'll see what happens. And, you know, these starters, though, they're going to need to go six or seven if these Giants want to win these games and just give the bullpen some rest at some point. But Sammy Long, Sammy Long looked great. But one thing he had was great teeth. I'm going to rank my top five Giants with their teeth. Next, plus there's a call from the Mariners game where the dude's voice cracked. It's hilarious. I want you to hear this sound. Next, we'll get to the A's win. Sean Maniah with yet another good outing, and this starting rotation continues to confuse me because I just do not know who the ace is. Maybe it's Chris Bassett. Maybe it's Chris Bassett. I talked about that uh, last week. So we'll get to all of that coming up on the show there's a ton to get to today. I don't, I, I need two hours. I really do. 888 That's the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in. Steven Langford did all the pregame show. 957 of the game.
0: Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. 888-957-9570.
3: That is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in on anything today. Coming up a little later on in the program, there's a lot that I want to get to. We got the A's getting their win. The Giants had their loss. We had Pete Alonzo calling out Major League Baseball, and he has a conspiracy theory regarding these foreign substances. Want to get to that? And then we'll also uh, get Kyle Shanahan because he spoke yesterday to the media and explained why he is canceling OTAs. And I just have uh, just a quick take on that because there's only so much um, you can take away at some point. But there was a call yesterday that I want to play for you because... If you know me, if you've listened to this show, and plus also I got the top five uh, teeth on the Giants coming up. Thank you, Sammy Long, for that content. Uh, But if you know this show, you understand that not only do I have a lot of stupid power rankings that I like to go through, and that's one of them coming up here, but I also like to play funny highlights anytime you hear them. And to me, this is one that made me laugh. I don't know if you're going to, but whatever. So, the Mariners were playing the Tigers yesterday, and they took it to the bottom of the ninth, and they were tied, and they're in Detroit, by the way, and the the, uh, the Tigers, they have a runner on base, and the player at the plate is Isaac Paredes, and he hits one to left, looks like it's going to be gone, but the player ends up robbing it, and the broadcaster just couldn't contain himself.
2: Reddish clubs this to left field. Fraley leaps and Fraley made the catch. Are you serious? Shed gets two. Wow. Unreal.
3: <laughs> I mean, look, I, I can't blame any broadcaster if they go nuts because that play was insane, but I mean, sometimes you just can't control yourself. Fraley! The catch! Uh, do you know who the player is that made the catch based off that? Really made the catch! I can't. I can't. It reminds me of McDonough. Sean McDonough. When he was on that call back in that uh, that playoff game with uh, Derek Johnson of the Chiefs. Derrick Johnson! And he, he couldn't contain himself if you remember that play. But, man, when I heard that yesterday, I, I don't know. I was just made happy.
2: Prentice clubs this to left field. Fraley leaps in. Fraley made the catch. Are you serious? Shed gets two.
3: Wow. Unreal. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Anyway, back to some actual sports. So, look. The A's, yet again, they did get a win over the Diamondbacks as they are 37-26, and and they continue to roll. And that's what you got to do. The Diamondbacks are the worst team in baseball. And Sean Maniah yet again, with yet another good start as he went six innings, gave up only two hits, and struck out three and gave up a couple of walks and lowered his ERA to 3.09. But this is the barometer right here this is the barometer for when he brought the triton to the dugout because you saw that yesterday he officially has the triton the 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 trident whatever you want to call it you know the thing in anchorman that brick tamlin threw at the guy uh, <laughs> you know which was one of the most amazing scenes in movie history but this is where now you're going to pay attention to Shamanaya ever since he had the Trident. So as of right now, sure, he's 5-2 and two on the season. And look, in the regular season, has always been great. I don't know how much I really trust him uh, when it comes to the playoffs because we've seen it time and time again where it just didn't work out. Uh, but he's officially 1-0 right now and only given up two hits ever since bringing the Trident into the dugout. So look. I think that um, he had yet another good start, but look, with Shamanai, it's the same thing every year, (laughs) you know? It's the same thing every year. I like Shamanai. I think he's actually a great clubhouse kind of guy. You know, he has a personality. He keeps things loose, keeps things light, and you need that kind of guy in the locker room, but after all, when you get to the playoffs, how much can you really rely on him is my question. And that's where I'm at with the A's every single year. Because the Giants, like, look, the reason that we talk about the Giants every day is because it's just, we're just so in awe with what they're doing, and there are little changes that they're making, and they look like a completely different team from last year to this year. And every game makes that evident. But the A's, we've seen them do this every single season, and Look, I I don't know about you, but this is how, like, really, all of my friends are ace fans. Like, a majority of them are. And at this point, after last year, they're cool with watching the regular season, but they're just like, man this it's been like this for a decade just get me to the postseason let me see what they can do there because they're clearly going to make it whether it's at the top of the al west or whether it's within the american league wild card because bob melvin after all is a good coach but this is how it is for me every single year plus you also have that you know underlying thing that hey maybe they won't be in oakland too much longer but another thing that I do want to bring up is another guy, and you got to pay attention to him day by day and to continue to see how he progresses, but Mark Canna. Mark Canna yesterday, two for four, couple of RBIs in this game. I mean, he can play all places on the field. He ended up playing, uh, he ended up playing, uh, he ended up moving from center field over to left field in that game, and he's very valuable. He's the unrestricted free agent this year that you got to keep an eye on. He's the one that I'm curious to see whether the A's will actually pay him or not, because I do think that they can get him um, on the cheap if they want to. Because after seeing what happened last season with Marcus Simeon, the fact that he got a one-year deal, $17 million with the Blue Jays, and he's been playing pretty well, while they gave Chris Davis a multi-year deal worth, on average, the same amount of money that they could have possibly paid for Marcus Simeon, Mark Canna's the next guy up, the next domino where you're wondering whether it will fall or whether it will stay upright and he'll actually be on the team next season. So that's the guy, I think, that you need to watch out for. All right. I did promise I was going to do this. And whether you like it or not, whether you hate it or not, if you've ever listened to this show before, if you remember during the NFL bye week, I had my boneheaded power rankings every day where I just did a Stupid top five. And I haven't done one of those in a very long time. But when I saw Sammy Long yesterday and the outing that he had, I was like I watched him, you know, and you know, that 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 motion that he has, that wind up, the the kind of last second release that he has with that uh with that fastball with that curveball I think it fools a lot of hitters and he was able to locate his pitches very very well I thought Sammy long looked great yesterday but one other observation I had I was like damn Sammy long's got great teeth <laughs> I was like that yeah, dude uh, you know I saw him smile after the game he was he was really proud of himself and also you know the family being there and everything that was really cool but he was all smiles and I was like damn He's got great teeth. So you know what I decided to do? I'm going through my top five teeth on the Giants right now. Hit the music, uh, Steven.
2: The woman with your two
3: <laughs> I mean, I'm the one that's hitting the music, so I don't know. I was better to tell someone else to do it, but you know, what else am I supposed to do? And I am sorry about this, Bonte, but I have to use your numbers from the King of the Hill power ranking. So number five on my list of best teeth on the Giants roster. Number five. Buster Posey. Haven't seen Buster Posey smile all that much lately because he hasn't had much to smile about previously. You know, obviously he opted out of the 2020 season and beforehand, game by game, you're watching it and you just made sad. But this year, you're seeing way more of the Buster Posey smile. And quite frankly, I forgot how good his teeth looked. I did. So number five on my list, Buster Posey. Number four. Wow, that was just a terrible transition. Number four, Kevin Gosman. Kevin Gosman's a weird one because I've never really seen him with his mouth closed. <laughs> you know? Like, he's always got that glare. Like, Ace fans, you're going to know what I'm talking about. Jack Cust. Jack Cust never had his mouth closed. Every time he was at the plate, before he'd go and jack up 32 home runs every single season, he would... You will put up both of his uh, the the upper lip and kind of show his teeth. That's the same thing that Kevin Gosman does, and Kevin Gosman, you know, he has a lot of reasons to smile this year because of how well he's playing. And I saw, and, and hey, man, he's got good teeth. I got to admit it. Kevin Gosman, number four on the list of best teeth on this Giants roster.
0: Number three.
3: Number three is Jason Vossler. Jason Vossler, new guy to the Giants, and really, I hadn't seen him smile too much. Jason Vossler, after he hit that uh, home run yesterday when him and Trump went back to back, I saw him smile a little bit. I was like, huh, Jason Vossler, pretty good teeth. And you know what? It stacks up against the best teeth on this Giants roster. I said, hey, Jason Vossler, you may not be, you know, within the top five players on this Giants roster, but you are number three as far as my power rankings of best teeth. All right. Number two. Number two. Number two. I forgot about that. Sammy Long! Sammy Long is number two on my list after I saw it yesterday. Not only does he have a great breaking ball, not only can he locate the fastball, not only does he have a deceptive windup, also got great teeth. Number two on the list, Sammy Long. All right, number one. Number one. Now, I heard Guru go on this rant a little while ago, and it was a great rant because every rant that Guru goes on is amazing, and he is the best. But number one... Mauricio Dubon, who else? Mauricio Dubon, if you are thinking through this power rankings about the best teeth and you you didn't have Mauricio Dubon on your list, well, I'd think you're delusional. Mauricio Dubon is number one on my list of best teeth on this Giants roster. Number five, Buster Posey. Number four, Kevin Gosman. Number three, Jason Vossler. Number two, Sammy Log, And number one, Mauricio Dubon. I mean, speaking of which, Sammy Long got a lot of bite on that (laughs) curveball. Oh, man. Jeez. You're probably tuned in right now, like, wondering what the hell is happening. All right, 888-957-9570. That is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in. I want to know from you, 49er fan. Did you have any takeaway from Kyle Shanahan canceling OTAs? Did you have any takeaway from that? Like, genuinely, I, I would like to know because we'll get to what Kyle Shanahan had to say about it on the other side. Because yesterday there was only one thing to me that really stood out among canceling OTAs because they're right toward the end of it. They were only having a couple of practices left and they were gonna then they were going to take some time off before they went into training camp. But Kyle Shanahan did cancel OTAs yesterday, and I want to know from you, if you're a 49er fan, what was your initial reaction to that? 888 I really would like to know because, um, you know, I only had one singular take, and I'll let you know which one that is next. But other than that, I didn't really know what else to make of it. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. That's the text line and the phone number. Stephen Langford in on the pregame show. 95.7 The Game.
0: Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. A 957
3: 9570 is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in on anything today. But Kyle Shanahan, it was made yesterday the announcement that he will be canceling the rest of OTAs, giving the team uh, uh, the summer off right up until training camp, even though there are a couple of practices left. Obviously, you had the injury to Jeff Wilson early on with the meniscus tear. Then you had Justin School go down. Then you had Tarverius Moore in the same day. And at that point, Kyle Shanahan just said, all right, we're done. And I want to know from you at triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero if you're a 49er fan and you saw that yesterday, just what was your initial take on that? I would love to know because, you know, I had one, but other than that, you know, with OTAs, I just don't know the impact that it'll have really until we get to the season. So uh, I do want to get to this Kyle Shanahan sound. We will be getting to what Pete Alonzo had to say regarding foreign substances being used in baseball because that's been the talk. I mean, yesterday, if you saw it, Josh Donaldson was going up against Garrett Cole of the Yankees, and the Yankees were playing the Twins, and Josh Donaldson had called out Cole, singled him out, Then Cole struck him out twice, and in one of those uh, situations, Cole stared him down after the strikeout because, obviously, he'd heard him talking. Um, But Pete Alonso has a conspiracy theory, and Pete Alonso from the New York Mets, in case you don't know who that is, uh, one of the most powerful guys in Major League Baseball in the batter's box, He had a conspiracy conspiracy theory on it, and it is juicy. So I do want to get to that uh, as well. But first off, here's Kyle Shanahan just explaining why they canceled OTAs.
1: No, we're totally done. Um, We we really finished up our exit meetings today, really, with everybody. We're still going to keep the rookies around here for a little bit, some more than others. kind of decided a while ago we weren't going to do minicamp. You know, I rarely do do minicamp when we get nine OTAs in. We usually do one practice, and then we have, like, a team-building thing throughout that. And kind of decided earlier in this if we could get our OTAs in. I wasn't going to keep them for minicamp because it's a week longer than usual. I like the guys to get away for 40 days. And we started a week later this year than usual. The whole league did. So they only would have gotten away for, like, 32 days. And I think that does um, add up. So uh, we had such a big turnout, too. Yeah, you know, and I know there was some question around a lot of people around the league so uh, I didn't know if we didn't have a big turnout I would obviously would have kept those guys because I know we had to get some work in but I mean we really had 89 people show up to OTAs which was um, unbelievable and the guy who didn't was here since February rehabbing the whole time you know, with D so he just got away because he's been here since February and uh, he had to get away for just his peace of mind but having 89 guys here and getting 7 OTA practices in um, I felt great about it you know my plan was to Get eight, um, and I was going to surprise him on Thursday and take on um, everyone bowling. But after our seventh practice with those two injuries and just the aura gave to it, I wasn't going to come back and do one more just to do one more. So I surprised him on day eight instead of day nine.
3: Yeah, and you know, at this point with the injuries that have just befallen the, the, the 49ers, I, I do think that that had everything to do with it. But I also think there was one other reason why he was good with canceling OTAs, but he talked about the injuries... And just have, whether they played the factor in this.
1: I mean, I can tell you what happened to the three of them. You know, J- Jeff got hurt sitting down in a chair in the locker room, and he got out of it, and his knee got in an awkward position. So you know, obviously it was a freak, unfortunate accident. Timor um, hurt his Achilles on air. No one was by him. He backpedaled, and he went to go break forward, and it just gave out. School in a pass protection drill, um, going against someone, put his foot down, and his knee just buckled. So three unfortunate injuries, two on the. Field, I think the hard thing was um, the two on the field. You know, we we had a clean camp. Now uh, no one, ever, no one got a, a serious injury like that. And then we had two guys in three plays um, with Tarvarius in school, so that was a little depressing. It's always, you hate seeing that. But you know, last year uh, we didn't have an off season. We lost four people before training camp started. You know, we got we lost Debo to a broken foot in the off season. We lost DJ Reed to a torn peck. We lost T's Taper to a broken foot. We lost Richie James to a broken wrist. Um, those are all outside side of football so and it's part of life you know we got two people hurt on the field and OTAs and seven practices and it's very unfortunate because those two guys are having great practice and Jeff got hurt before it started.
3: So here's where I'm at with the injuries I don't buy any of the blame that anyone's putting on everybody like I've seen so many takes and this goes back to last year because you know you just wonder why these injuries happen you know, who are the trainers? Do the trainers make a difference? You know, there's, 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 there's the hot takes on that. Is the natural grass that's on the field that they're practicing on is it not safe? Is Kyle Shanahan running his practices too hard? I don't believe any of that because Kyle Shanahan's a smart coach, and last year he was dejected at press conferences. You know, like, 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 what else is he supposed to say about injuries? Like, they happen. You know, the ones that happened on uh, on, on on MetLife Field on the turf there. There's something to that because of what happened last season uh, when they did play against the Jets and the Giants. I do think there's something to that. But when it comes to the injuries that happen in these OTAs, I'm not buying any of the blame that people are putting because, really, just in general, injuries happen. You know, when you exercise, sometimes you can't control it. It, it, Kyle Shanahan, he wouldn't be running his practices too hard after what happened last season. Would he really want to do that? Yeah, we had one of the most injury-riddled teams that's ever befallen the NFL. And I'm going to run OTAs even harder the next season. Does Kyle Shanahan strike you as the type of dude that's going to do that? Not me. And, And, you know, really, I just look at this and I'm just like, I'm, we always have to assign blame to something, don't we? We always have to assign blame. Exactly, 925. Natural grass is the safest to play on. That's the thing, right? <laughs> like, 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 I even saw someone blaming that. It's like, what is, what is happening? And maybe I need to get off the internet and get off Twitter, but how else am I supposed to yeah. take the pulse of these, uh, of these fans here and you just hear Butcher Boy in the background? Uh, but. I do think there is one thing that I take away from this. One thing, because naturally he just wants to end this because there's only one practice left and really it's not worth it. One more day of OTAs going into training camp. Training camp is the most important thing. But there was one takeaway I had from this whole thing and it happened after I heard this clip from Kyle Shanahan talking about how Jimmy Garoppolo looked in OTAs. I think
1: Jimmy had his his best spring since we've had him. You know, is we had the spring the first year with him. The second year he had the ACL, so we didn't get that. And then last year it was COVID, so this is really a second one, not being on an ACL. And um, I thought Jimmy came in in great shape, really locked in, a good place physically and mentally, and he had as good of OTAs as he's had.
3: So, in my opinion, when I heard that, and the fact that he's canceling OTAs, doesn't really need to see too much else from Trey Lance. In my opinion, I don't think... There's going to be any sort of training camp battle between the quarterbacks. I don't think anything that happens in the preseason is dictating what's going to be happening. It seems like Kyle Shanahan at this point is pretty comfortable with his roster and understands that he's got a veteran roster. You know, ones who have proven themselves before. All their star players have proven themselves before. They don't need OTAs. Hell, I mean, you know, they don't even need training camp, really. They do need a couple of games, and they do need to, obviously, get into the swing of things and get their conditioning up and all those all those different things that training camp does. But these guys are ready to play week one for the most part, and Jimmy Garoppolo is one of them. And when I heard Kyle Shanahan yesterday say that about Jimmy, that this is the best that he's looked in OTAs, I hadn't heard him talk with that much confidence about Jimmy in a little bit of time. You know, there would always be that uncertainty with him He'd say, oh, yeah, he looked good, you know, just as good as anyone can look at OTAs, and Kyle Shanahan can do that back-and-forth thing where you just kind of are left confused. But after I heard that, I was like, man, I I don't think there's going to be any training camp battle with Garoppolo and Lance. Garoppolo's been working with the ones the entire time. Trey Lance has been working with the twos. I think that ultimately... What canceling OTAs does to me, it just solidifies the fact that he's comfortable with his team and that Garoppolo most likely is going to be the starter in week one. I'm I'm ninety-five percent sure of that. Ninety-five percent sure. The training camp battle is gonna be happening maybe with the who's gonna be playing slot receiver, you know, who's gonna be that number three guy? What's gonna be happening with the cornerbacks? There are plenty of other training camp battles that we'll have to pay attention to, and I just don't think that any of them are going to be surrounding the quarterback. All right. I do want to move on here because I heard this yesterday, and Pete Alonso from the New York Mets, they call him the Panda. And if you're a baseball fan, you know who this dude is. Uh, Was in the home run derby as a rookie, hit 50-plus home runs. He's a very, very good baseball player. And we've been hearing a lot of going back and forth with pitchers using substances, doctoring baseballs, and that Major League Baseball is going to be cracking down on these foreign substances, on pitchers using foreign substances. And Will Clark was on the morning roast and gave it to us straight, saying, look, this has been happening in this game forever. You're not going to catch these dudes. Well, Pete Alonso was asked about Using these doctors, ba- doctored baseballs. And here's what Pete Alonso had to say yesterday during his meeting with the media.
2: If you think MLB's doing the right thing by cracking down on pitchers with uh, sticky stuff, if so, why? Oh, absolutely not. I I don't think so. Because for me, I think that since the start of the game, pitchers have been using substances. I mean, there's a bag of rosin behind the mound right now to help guys dry their hands and get grip. For me, I think whether they're using pine tar, rosin, bullfrog or sunscreen and rosin or whatever they want to use to help control the ball, let them use it. Because for me, it's like I go in the box every single day and I see guys throwing harder and harder every day. And I don't want 99 slipping out of someone's hand because they didn't have enough feel for it.
3: And that's what gets lost in a lot of this. Garrett Cole was one of the dudes who was at the forefront of this. Because as I mentioned earlier, Josh Donaldson of the Twids singled out Garrett Cole. Then he walked his comments back saying, well, I didn't mean to call just Garrett Cole out. I was just using him as an example. Let me just throw Trevor Bauer's name in there because Trevor Bauer is one of those dudes. But let me just give you the top velocities from yesterday's ball games. Out of all the pitchers that have pitched, here are the top 5 velocities in yesterday's ball games. Out of everything. Garrett Cole's in every one of those top 5. He threw four pitches that were 100 miles an hour and his fifth fastest pitch was 99.9 miles an hour. So sure the foreign substances, whatever it is, they do give you much more movement on the breaking ball. But what gets lost in all of this is these dudes still throw incredibly hard. Incredibly hard. Because, look, man, like, this is where baseball's at. And guys like, you know, Trevor Bauer, they've worked really hard to get the velocity up to where it's at. Now, sure, if they do use the foreign substances, it. It, it, it helps the spin rate, and now all of a sudden people care about spin rate, by the way. I've been hearing nonstop uh, crap about that. Anytime I talk about analytics, people are all, uh, you know, like, who cares about analytics? Who cares about spin rate? I hate all of that, and now that it's involved, all of a sudden everybody wants to start talking about spin rate. But the fact remains, these dudes still throw incredibly hard, and Pete Alonso does have a point. It does have a point. And from the 925, this is where I'm at. But part of the reason they throw that hard is due to the fact of having the sticky stuff to give them a grip. The idea is that they don't have it. They will have to take something off the ball and learn to control more. But Garrett Cole wasn't using anything yesterday. He wasn't using anything. And yet he still had grip on the baseball. Or at least if MLB's saying they're gonna crack down on it and Garrett Cole's the number one dude. What kind of cojones would Garrett Cole have if he's just going to use them immediately in his first start? Ever since this came to the forefront, and he was asked about it, just uh, uh, this is this has happened for a long time in baseball. Do you think he was using that yesterday? You know what I mean? Like that's where I'm. That's where I'm at. These dudes throw hard <laughs> because they have worked on their velocity time and time again. Because pitching development more than anything in baseball has risen, and that's what analytics do. Analytics, everyone talks about them in the game, but there's also the part of it that has the development side to it. And guys are putting, you know, four to five miles an hour more on their fastball just based on the work that they're doing. But here's a conspiracy theory that Pete Alonso had, and this one... It's very interesting.
2: I think that the biggest concern is that Major League Baseball manipulates the baseballs year in and year out, depending on the free agency class or guys being in an advanced part of their arbitration. So I do think that's a big issue. The ball being different every single year. With other sports, the ball is the same like basketball, football, tennis, golf, like ball is the same. So I think that that's that's the real issue with the changing of the baseballs and maybe if they... Didn't The league didn't change the baseball pitchers wouldn't need to use as much sticky stuff because for guys that feel the ball and throw the ball every single day and for it to change every single year, it's not fair to the people who are using it every single day and throwing it.
3: Mm. (laughs) And, And I don't know where that conspiracy theory comes from. I don't know if Major League Baseball, like what? Would they want to change the baseball so guys are having a lower average or pitchers would get a higher ERA. Like who would this truly affect? Like what would their outcome be? But when I heard that, I was just like, wow, (laughs) you know, when you change it with every class, like every year, the reason that they're doing that is so that for whatever reason, I, I really don't know what that would be. But when Pete Alonso said that, I said, man, that's crazy. If they would change the baseball based off of every year in free agency, then, <laughs> I mean, at this point, if they're doing that, you need to get a new commissioner, man. <laughs> Rob Manfred needs to be done if this is the case, because they are just doing everything in order to ruin baseball. <laughs> they're trying to, because there aren't any rule changes that are being made. The shift, I, I don't say you take it away completely, but I do think that you can change the rules a little bit so you're not shifting as far, you know, whether it's putting guys back a few feet, whatever it is. And for the 5 1 0, 100 miles an hour, 10 miles an hour, 100 miles an hour, 1,000 miles an hour, Barry Bonds would have still hit a home run off of them in his prime. Hey, man, did you see that home run the other day? I think it was, what, the 22 year anniversary of that home run that he hit in New York? where John Miller's like, this one's in New Jersey! It's unbelievable. If you just watch a home run montage of Barry, I mean, I know, I understand everyone's all about the, you know, the performance-enhancing steroids and all that sort of stuff, but in the end, man, Barry Bonds was one of the greatest hitters, and you're absolutely right. But look, if these guys are going to be using foreign substances, and really, I don't think it's at face value either. I don't think it's just you know, all of the the pine tar, the rosin, the sunscreen. I think there's even more that's being done with that. Like, like, I, I feel like we're past the point now because these things have just been used for so long as the game evolves. I'm sure the foreign substances have evolved as well to the point where we just don't even know what they're using. That's why they're foreign substances. You know, they're basically UFOs, but for baseball. But before we transition, because I do want to talk about the NBA playoffs, these numbers that I looked at yesterday for Kevin Durant, his playoff splits are insane. But I do just want to play this call for the new audience that's coming in. The Mariners and the Tigers were tied at 3-3 yesterday. The Tigers were up at the plate, and they hit a bomb to left field. But the announcer got excited because the Mariners robbed this home run to keep them in the game.
2: Reddish clubs this to left field, Fraley leaps, in! Fraley made the catch! Are you serious, Shed Gets two! Wow! <laughs> Unreal! <laughs>
3: it's just like, the voice cracks always get me in the broadcast. Uh, but last night, we did have one basketball game. We had the Suns versus the Nuggets, uh, the second game in Phoenix, and the Suns go up 2-0 in the series as they beat the Nuggets, 123-98. to and it's not like the Suns did it all on the back of one player. All of their starters were in the double digits. The entire starting five. Paul, Ayton, Booker, Crowder, Bridges, all of them. And they were playing great defense. And a guy I got to give a lot of credit to, a guy who is putting a lot of pressure on Nikola Jokic, the MVP, DeAndre Ayton has picked up his game, man. He is muscling through those rebounds. Anytime Jokic is trying to box out, which Jokic needs to get a lot better at, but anytime Jokic is trying to box out for a defensive rebound, it feels like Aiton is in his face every single time and making him tip the ball, making it go out of bounds, and Jokic is starting to look frustrated. And I don't know, this this Suns-Nuggets series... (laughs) I mean, we'll see if they can get anyone back in Denver, but, I mean... If they're just going to go up 3-0 right away, I wouldn't be surprised if this is a sweep, maybe 5 games, but ultimately the Suns are going to take them down. Uh but Kevin Durant, we're going to see him tonight as we got the Nets and the Bucks and the Clippers and the Jazz, one series which I think is out of reach. I don't know whether they're going to do it in 4 or 5 games, but the Nets are clearly going to beat the Bucks cuz the Bucks have way too many adjustments to make. But real quick, morning rose, so you guys listen to this. I want you guys to come on the air here real quick. Like, I, I, Have you seen Kevin Durant's playoff splits for the play, uh, this year so far? Have you seen them at all? My bad, I didn't have your mics turned on. Now I'll go. S- can, see who? Kevin Durant's playoff splits. Have you seen these? No, I have not seen Kevin Durant's playoff splits. I don't and think I want to see them. Dude, in that first series against the Celtics, in these games against the Bucks, he's averaging 32 points. And you know how you want guys in the 50, 40, 90 club? Mm-hmm. 50% field right. goal, 40% three point, 90% from the free throw line? 55, oh. 50, huh. 91. Oh. I miss that guy. <laughs> That's That's I miss that guy. <laughs> okay. the Warriors could use him. How disgusting is that? Steven. Yes. Breaking news. What's that? He's good. Yeah. Incredibly good. But 55, 50, and 91? Unbelievable. My goodness. The Bucks got no shot. They just got no shot. I, this series is over. But you do have the Clippers and the Jazz, and that could turn into an interesting series. All right. The morning roast is coming up next. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just had to bring you guys on because I saw that, and that was insane to me. Tune to the roast now.